That was good. Usually, that, usually that's harder to shut down than it was. So good. Well done. <laughs> um, so let, we're going to just start right into John 14. Um, I want to talk about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit today. <laughs> that's my topic. Um, so this will be good. Uh, who, real quick, though, who thinks that they will go out to JCF after this? Once you commit, then I'm going to see you over at Arby's later. Um, so a few, a few people will go. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get everybody to go. I just I want to know if some people will be going. So yes, they're... You missed everything, Mike. You missed everything. No, it's... Uh, so one of the speakers from yesterday's Mars Hill Forum is giving two kind of extra teachings out at JCF this afternoon. The first one's for uh, kind of more for student, student types. And then the next, the second one is for uh, Christian educators or homeschool parents. Uh, so, the, the, but they're open to anyone. So I was wondering if anyone was going to end up going. Uh, so, Dr. Lewis Marcos. He's very good. We, we heard him yesterday. Okay, um, so John 14 I think what we're going to do for the rest of our time in John, I think we're going to wrap up John in maybe a week or two. And then I want to spend some time in 1 John. So we might wrap up. I, I, think, I, I think we'll do John 17 next week, uh, the high priestly prayer. I think that deserves its own week. Uh, so we'll do John 17 next week, and then I think we'll move on from John to 1 John and spend a few weeks there. Um, Revelation, theoretically, is the last one that we'll do. I don't know if we'll get to that this year or maybe the first of next year. Um, but that'll wrap up our three-year, uh, right, right, right on time, our three-year trip through all of the Bible. Um, so this is kind of interesting, kind of exciting to get to the end, but also sort of like, what are we going to do next? <laughs> this is all I've known for three years. Um, so where that puts us today is John 14, 15, and 16. I'm not going to preach through all of that. But I did say I want to preach on God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and that sounds like, well, yeah, isn't, isn't that what you always teach on? But this is actually what Jesus is teaching his disciples. God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in his final hours with his disciples, what he wanted to focus on was the relationship between God the Father and God the Son... And God the Holy Spirit. This is where he was bringing them, his closest friends, in the, in the final hours before he was going to give up his life. They didn't quite understand what all that meant yet. They didn't know where he was going. He kept saying he was going to go somewhere. And they said, I, well, where, where are you going? We don't know the way. And he's saying, you can't come with me. But once I go to where I'm going, then you'll understand. Then, then I will come. I'm going to leave. And for a little while, you won't see me. But then I'm coming again. Okay. So let's just start off in in, uh, chapter 14. We talked last week about chapter 13, which is where he washes his disciples' feet. And that is not an image of, all right, we need to all do menial tasks for each other, although that's included. It's that act was the whole shape of his ministry, to come to lay aside his glory, to take on human likeness, 
and as a man to pour his life out uh, for the people around him. And he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. That's not the new commandment. The new commandment is love one another like this, like I have shown you. Okay. In all of that, Judas is getting ready to go and betray him. And in this long sequence that we have of the Last Supper and then the, his, his words with the disciples up to the point of uh, his arrest, Judas eventually goes out. And in, in chapter 13, verse 30, it says, Immediately he went out, and it was night. Right? Is there ever a more symbolic description of what time of day it was? <laughs> it was night. Like blackness was upon the earth. The Son of Man was about to be delivered up to be crucified. And when he had gone out and it was night, it says, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified. So as Judas leaves, it's like, all right, there's no turning back. This is it. All through the book of John, he's been saying, it's not my hour. It's not my hour. It's not my hour. And he says, now it's the hour. It has come. And he addresses them as little children. And in chapter 14, at the end of chapter 13 and through 14, he's speaking to them as little children. In chapter 15, there's a turn. And he begins to speak to them as those who are going to be entrusted with the witness, with the testimony. He begins to speak to them as as his apostles, as his sent ones. But here in the beginning, he says, little children. Right? Jesus knows what it's like he knows what, it's, what, what they're about to go through. And he begins to address the, the anxieties and the fears and the concerns that they are about to have to face. And so he says, I know what you're about to face. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also just say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Um, and so, and that brings us to chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. When all of this happens... Remember what I'm saying. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, and you can also translate this, you believe in God. It's not necessarily an imperative, although it could be. But he's saying, you believe in God, believe also in me. What's he saying there? I don't have to convince you to believe in God. You already believe in God. You're about to, you're about to, to take the next step into believing that I am God. Right? In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now, this is not, I'm going away, and then I'm going to bring you, yeah, yeah, bring you out of this place into the mansions of glory. What's he saying? He's going to the Father's house. Where's the Father's house? I mean, it's, it's where God dwells. He's going into the temple of God, sprinkling his own blood to, to, to make way for us as a forerunner so that we can now come into the house of God. I'm going to prepare a house for you, and then I'm going to come. And I don't think it's necessarily the second coming. I think it's then by the Holy Spirit, we together are going to be in the very presence of God together. There's many rooms. God wants all of us, not just me. I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to make the way as a forerunner, as it talks about in Hebrews. He has gone before us into the presence of God on our behalf. And now we enter boldly into the presence of God. Amen?
you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas says, we don't know the way. We don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this, uh, this is what trips a, pe- a lot of people up. Well, how can you say that there's only one way to God? There's a lot of roads that they all lead to the same thing. You've got this road over here, this road over here. Jesus says in no uncertain terms, I am the way to the Father. So what's he saying? He's saying, you believe in God, but what it means to be my disciple is that you believe that I am the only way to God. I am God in the flesh. If you had known me, like if you had really understood who I was, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. In the beginning, it says no one in the beginning of John, it says no one has ever seen God. But the only God who is at the father's side has made him known. What does this mean? If we are to know God, we cannot know him outside of Jesus Christ. That is the way we know God. Do you know God? It depends on how well you know Jesus. And he's making this very, very, very clear. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And this echoes Moses' prayer in Exodus. Lord, just show me your glory. Just let me see the Father, and and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So it would be tempting to say, Well, that statement of Jesus that I'm the only way, that, that sounds really exclusive. That sounds like you're, you know making illegitimate everyone else's experience of God. That's one way to view it. But another way to view it is, here is is a God, here is God that has made himself fully known as a man. So that there's no mystery. There's no mystery. There's no, like, chasm between us and the divine being. The way to God is this man, Jesus. Which means, not that it shuts everyone out, it means that how well known did God make himself? To what extent did God go to reveal himself to us? We can see this man. We don't have to say, what's God like? And kind of feel our way toward him anymore. We can look at Jesus and know exactly what he's like. So to me, that's a a freeing statement that Jesus says, I am the way. There's no mystery anymore. You don't have to figure it out anymore. It's me. If you want to be like God, if you want to walk with God, your life looks like mine. That's it. And he made himself so plain and visible to us. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? We're inseparable. We're we're interconnected. And then he says, listen, you believe in in God, now believe in me. Now, if you believe in me, verse 12, whoever believes in me, you'll do what I do. All right? What's God like? Jesus. How do we be godly? Do what Jesus did. Do you see, this is is merciful. I mean, this is is God uh, revealing himself to us and, and drawing us to himself in such a tangible way. Believe me that, uh, let's see. 
and greater works than these will I do, will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. And he goes on to say, he says, no, uh, listen, not only are you going to ask for things in my name, but you're going to ask the Father yourself. You're not going to ask me, and then I'm going to go get it from the Father, and then I'm going to give it to you. You've got a direct line to the Father now, because I have gone to prepare a place for you. And you can come, and just like I relate to the Father, you can have that same relationship with the Father. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, this is interesting, because what is the greatest commandment? Any Jew would know this. What's the greatest commandment? The commandment is to love. And now Jesus is kind of flipping that around. How do you get someone... What's the real mark of obedience? It's not compliance. It's love. Love involves the heart. Love involves the will. Right? Obedience, when we train our ch- children to obey, we're not trying to, to, to make them robotic, uh, compliant children. We're trying to help them silence their own will, but we want their hearts to come into to line with our hearts. And that's the ultimate goal. That's the goal of any child training worth anything, to, to get your child's heart in line with yours. And this is what God is saying. Now, this is what Jesus is saying. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Because it, no one's going to have to force you to love. Once you see who I am, once you see what I've done for you, your heart will say, yes, we'll, we, we will obey, because we see you. We see your goodness. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. I'm going away. I'm going back to the Father. And this is important. Um, we celebrate the incarnation a lot, right? That's, that's Christmas. We celebrate the resurrection. That's Easter. But the third piece of the puzzle is the ascension. Without the ascension, Jesus said, if, unless I go away, it's to, it's to your advantage that I go away. I need to go away. Because when I do, then I can send the Holy Spirit. You're not going to see me physically anymore, but you'll see me if you know me. Now, the world's not going to see me anymore because they can see a man walking around, but they can't see the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to be with you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is it. He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I'm going to give you a helper. Paul says the first, the the fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one? Love. So because of the Holy Spirit, this isn't like, all right, the command is to love. It's, when I go away and fill you with the Holy Spirit, You're going to be full of the love of God because the Spirit loves the Father and the Father loves the Son and they all love each other. They have a perfect relationship. Love me and I'm giving you a helper to help you do that. The Holy Spirit, you can't love God. 
This is the whole problem. The command has always been to love, and humans have never figured that out. Now, I'm going to fill you with my own life, my own heart. And the first marker of that is love. So guess what you can do now? You can love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Meaning, you can obey his commandments. You can fulfill the law because the Holy Spirit is in you. And all the law points to anyway is love. Okay? So, don't ever say again, well, I'm not, I'll never be perfect, I'm just human. That's not a, that, that doesn't fly. I mean, that doesn't fly according to what Jesus is saying here. You're a human, just like I'm a human. You can be filled with the Spirit of God, and you can love God. You can obey His commandments. I'm just human. Was Jesus just human? He was fully human. He had every weakness that we do. And He still walked with God by the Holy Spirit, and He pleased the Father. And so can we. We have the Helper. Um, that's not to say we all will not be growing in maturity for the rest of our life, right? That's, that's obvious. But to say, I'm just, a, I'm just human, that's like, you know, did God make a mistake? <laughs> no. Humans made a mistake, and God came and fixed the mistake but at the cost of his own blood. Okay. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him... And make our home with him. So I'm going to my home to prepare a place for you. So now I'm going to send you the helper so that you can love me. And when you do that, we'll come and make our home with you. So that where I am, you can be also. These things I have spoken to you while I am with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Love, joy, peace. You see these words that are the fruit of the Spirit? They're all through here. He talks about joy. He talks about love. He talks about peace. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. And then he, he switches tone, and he begins to, to say, uh, he, you know, we have this great parable of the not really a parable, but the metaphor of the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. And then he, he begins to tell them to abide in me and I in you. Okay? So, like I said, I'm not going to go through all this. I, we can't preach through all this. I do want to highlight. So here's the thing. He said, there's God. Well, God has made himself fully known in Jesus. But Jesus isn't going to stay on the earth forever. In fact, he's getting ready to go. He's going to leave. You're not going to see him anymore. What then? Well, this is the final piece of the puzzle. He's sending the Holy Spirit. 
so that in the same exact way that Jesus walked with his disciples, we can know Jesus in that way. We can be the humans that we were created to be just like Jesus was. We can relate to the Father just like Jesus did as a man because of the Helper. Okay? So here's, he said, I'm going to send you the Helper. And he says, the, um, he's going to teach you all things and bring to remembrance everything that I've said to you. Uh, verse 26 of chapter 15. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. You know, a lot of times we want, to, we want proof of God. Well, God says, I have sent the Spirit and the earth to be a witness on my behalf. So when we have the Holy Spirit, it bears witness to who Jesus is. In chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. Don't hang on to me here in the flesh. I came to inaugurate something that, that one man can't, you know, the limitations of a human being, I, I can't stay here and do everything that the, the Father wants to do in filling the earth with his glory. I've come to set the pattern and to show the kind of life that now God wants to be lived out everywhere, in every, in every human life. So let me go back. I've given you the example. I've set the pattern and now I want to, I, I want to go up and, and the, for the Father to then pour out the Spirit on all flesh, like it says in Act 2. Pour it out. And what is the Spirit? It's the very life of Jesus and the, the, the things that he did. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. There is a... There is conviction that has gone out into the world. The Father has sent the Spirit into the world and hearts, you don't have to convince someone that they're not living in the way that they should. The Holy Spirit is out. That's what He does. That's His work. He's the one that brings conviction. Okay? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Okay, so here's what Jesus is saying. He's pulling his disciples close. He's saying, I'm about to be crucified. All right, you cannot go where I'm going. I have to do this because I have to set once and for all the example. I have to drink the cup that the Father has given me, and I have to set the example of the kind of life that I have always desired from every human that I've walked with, that the Father has brought into the world. This is what it looks like. I have to complete that. I have to run my course. Then I have to go back to the Father so that now I can pour out the Spirit so that after I'm gone, you all can run your course and drink the cup that the Father has, has, has put before you. And you can do it knowing full well Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the kind of life that you are to live. Does that make sense? So here's what we need to ask ourselves. Does anyone here not believe in God? Okay, good. I didn't think so. You believe in God. 
Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe also in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the way you know God? That you can't look around Jesus? That to the extent that you know and understand Jesus himself, the man, that's the extent to which you know God. And that there's nothing left out. You're not missing anything. It's not like Jesus was just a great representative of God. No, the more you look at Jesus, the more you get to know God. So ask yourself, do I believe in God? Do I kind of walk with God as sort of this this being? Or do I walk with the man Jesus? Whose life I know. who, Who lived in the world. Who faced the kind of things that I face on a daily basis. And only did what the Father told him to do. Only responded to situations in the way that the Father would have him. Do I walk with that Jesus? And is he teaching me how to relate to the Father? That's a different question than do you have a relationship with God? Do you have a walk with Jesus? And you say, well, maybe, maybe I think I do. You know, I, I, see, I see the life of Jesus in Scripture. I see the Gospels. And yeah, I think he was a good guy. And, and yeah, I, I, I want to I be like Jesus. WWJD. Right? But the final thing you have to ask yourself is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you want to be like Jesus, you can't be like Jesus without the Helper. He had to go away so that we could actually be like Jesus. So do we avail ourselves? Do we have an understanding that we've been filled with the, the Holy Spirit? And do we walk with daily in relationship with God through the Holy Spirit with the purpose of doing the very things that Jesus did, loving like he did, uh, testifying about the Father the way that he did. Um, These are the things that the Holy Spirit does. So, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. But I think a lot of people generally believe in God. A lot of people, yeah, Jesus is great. But are you yourself filled with the helper in a way that you are living the life of Jesus? Um, And the good news is that he went away to prepare a place for us. He desired to pour out his spirit. And he has done it. Okay, so this is not something that we have to kind of like work ourselves up. No, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And we can now... Be guided into all truth. Isn't that amazing? There is a spiritual power that's just as available to you as it was to Jesus to guide you into all truth. The very same way that he was able to relate to the Father is is the same way that you are able to relate to the Father. Does this make sense? This is kind of deep stuff, and it's, it's simple on one hand, but when you start to think about your life, Are you full of the Holy Spirit? And is that Spirit guiding you into all truth? Is it bringing you into remembrance of the things that Jesus said? Is it, as you read the the scripture about Jesus, is the Spirit touching your heart and saying, yes, he, He really is alive. And He really does have a certain way that He wants you to walk. And He really does have commands for you to follow. Do you love him? Are you full of that love?
Um, so that's it. That's, that's where Jesus is bringing his disciples before he goes to the cross. And he, he seals it all up in this prayer. And we'll talk about that next week. Uh, we'll go through chapter 17 next week. Um, but the primary thing I wanted to point out this week was Jesus was working with his disciples to get them from belief in God to belief that Jesus is all there is to see of God. And from that to the Holy Spirit is able to cause us to know Jesus and to, to actually do the things that he was doing and even greater things. Um, all right. I think that's it. Um, by the way, I, I want to point this out. I was reading something uh, the other day where they were, they were it, was, it was obviously a um, it was some kind of scholar, it was about the middle age, some middle age literature. I teach a, a literature class at, at our school. And I was reading some things about just the way they viewed women. Uh, well, the medieval view, it was just very misogynistic, is what they were talking about. And they said, because can you believe that, that this is what Scripture says, that, um, that women were created as a helper for men? How misogynistic is that? And I think that's a pretty typical view of what, the, of what Scripture says. Um, but that word, helper, is used for Eve... And it's also used for God, the way that God relates to his people. Blessed is the one whose help is the God of Jacob. That doesn't seem to be a demeaning role. And here we have in John that the culminating presence, the culminating act of Jesus' ministry was to ascend so that he could send the helper who was key to this whole thing. This one to come alongside and to, and to guide us into truth. Um, so as I was, I was reading that and sort of like grumbling over it, and then I read this, and I'm like, the helper, is, that is a, that's who God is. What a wonderful role. Um, so for you women, right, when you read, and Adam and God gave her as a, as a helper for him, you get to participate with God in what he does with us. Isn't that awesome? He comes alongside us. He, he, uh, he's also called the, it's the paraclete or the, the counselor, some people call. This, this guiding presence, right? And a lot of people say that there's, there, so there's no, um, that a lot of the ways that scripture describes the spirit, it's kind of in feminine language, right? It's like the, the hovering over the, brooding over the, over the water. Um, so I just want, I wanted to point that out because in the culture in which we live, and this kind of gets back to what we talked about last week, in the culture in which we live, service, like there, there really is a hierarchy. Like the one who serves, the one who's called to serve is viewed as less than the one that they're serving. Okay? We, we cannot forget that the one who serves is of greater value in God's kingdom is more highly esteemed. Right? So the, <laughs> the higher esteem goes to the helper in God's eyes. And so we just, I, I don't know, maybe that's not as related uh, to this, but I just want to encourage us that 
all of us, men and women, the, the kingdom works way different than the world even understands. And to say that, to say that um, scripture is misogynistic because it, it, it says that someone's role is to help totally misunderstands the nature of reality in God's eyes. Um, so that's another uh, a bonus little, <laughs> little thought that I had coming out of this. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the helper. And what a great, what a great role uh, to play. Amen? Um, all right, let's pray. And then we've, we've got time to uh, get down to JCF, those of us who are going. <clears throat> Father, thank you that uh, you did not leave us as orphans, that You did set aside your glory in heaven that you became a man. And Jesus, thank you that you were obedient to the Father as a man, and you set the example as to what what our lives were to be all about. Um, And I thank you that you ascended to the Father and that you have now poured out the Holy Spirit into our hearts, by which we cry, Abba, Father, by which we can uh, relate to the Father in the same way that you did as a man. And so, Lord, I pray uh, for every heart in this room that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit, that we would know you, Jesus, uh, as the Holy One of God uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for making yourself known to us, for for removing any mystery. Um, And help us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit this week. Uh, Lord, if if there are people in here that... uh, do not know the filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring them into that. Lord, if there's a struggle to kind of uh, religiously uh, fit into a Christian community, uh, Lord, I pray that you would break through that by the Holy Spirit, that uh, you yourself would come and guide us into truth, guide us into the ability to love you and to obey your commands uh, in the way that you always desired. We love you. We thank you. We exalt your name. And I pray that you go with us. Uh, go with us now. Lord, I pray for the, uh, the meetings this afternoon out at JCF. I pray that they be good and fruitful. And uh, Lord, thank you for all of the, the rich blessings that you poured out on us as a community. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.